as we think of the goodness of Jesus and as we turn towards Christ's peace. I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This is the continuation of the, the birth narrative of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Next week, we'll switch over to the Gospel of Luke. But today, I invite you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This is the story both of the Magi from the East, the wise men visiting. Um, and this does take place, the first verse of chapter 2 is after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So we are going back and forth a little bit. Jesus has already been born at this point. Um, and yet the Magi are coming to make a visit. And of course, if you're familiar with the Christmas story, what leads them, what gets their attention, what draws them to the right place is the star. The star that they saw, that they knew that something important was happening and that they were drawn by what they knew to find Jesus. And so as we read from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, we remember that the story is about the wise men, the story is about the star. Ultimately, the story is about Christ and bringing people to him. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our guiding light, brighter than any sun or star. You are not like the moon that reflects someone else's light, but you are the source of all light. So as we turn to your word, may you be the source of all of our light and all of our truth. May you be the source of the thoughts that enter into our mind and the ponderings of our hearts. May by your Holy Spirit, may you move us that we may encounter your living and active word in a new way that gives light and truth to our path. And with all of this, Lord, we need assurance and peace. And in your word, may we find that as well, even as the candle of peace burns brightly today. In your name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Throughout all of history, stars have captivated us as human beings. As we look up into the sky, stars grab our attention. They matter to us in a certain special and maybe unexplainable way. I'm sure there's ways to break it down and explain it, but stars are captivating signs that we look up and we see in the sky. And before we think about this particular star, this star that behaves quite strangely, um, this star is doing some things that stars don't tend to do, um, like just appearing, though I guess if you knew someone who knew a lot about physics, like Jake, um, maybe there's things about stars that we could learn, but there's still some things the star does that are strange. Um, it seems to move around a little bit. It marks a certain location. When ahead of them, the star rose and it stopped over the place where the child was. I know about you, I look up at stars, we can orient ourselves a little bit by them, um, but they don't tend to stop over a spot that I'd be able to find a house necessarily over like, ah, yes, that star is sitting over that particular house. Stars captivate us all the same though. And for millennia, people have looked up at the stars. We've studied them. We've We've sometimes made meaning about world events by looking at the stars. All of these different things have come from just probably what starts with a simple fascination of these lights that are up in the sky. I will say some constellations are more, more uh, persuadable than others. There are some that I'm like, that doesn't look like anything at all. I think just, you know, people wanted to see there's some shape in the stars. Some are more convincing than others. But ultimately, if you go out today, tonight, if the sky was clear enough and you looked up at the stars, what would happen within you? Not necessarily just what you would see, but what would happen within you? I know for myself and others, when I look up at the stars, I suddenly feel kind of small, not diminished, not as if we're somehow unimportant in our smallness, but when I look up at the heavens and see the stars, knowing the distance that they are, how large they are, a hundred times bigger than our planet. And I mean, if you've ever driven to Iowa or to Texas, like we have a pretty big planet. And yet we're even so small when we look at the stars. It makes us small, but not insignificant. I think that's something of a symbol that points us to Jesus, isn't it? When we think about the greatness and the goodness of Jesus, it might make us feel a little bit small, not in a diminished way, but in a right way, that we know who we are and whose we are. There's things about the stars that they're always shining, even when we can't see them, not unlike Jesus. The stars are always there, even if we don't acknowledge them, not unlike Jesus. The stars can help us find our way and orient ourselves if we pay attention to them, not unlike Jesus. A star is a great symbol of both peace and light, and it points us towards Christ because the stars are not the end game of all of this. The stars are pointing us towards Christ in certain and particular ways that we ourselves might remember that 
Jesus is present even when we don't acknowledge him. Jesus will give us guidance and put us on right paths when we look for it, when we're acknowledging it. Stars do remind us a little bit of who and how Jesus is in our lives. In that way, the stars are a great symbol for us today. But the stars are only so helpful. Stars can be also a little bit misleading if we think that they're the thing that we're ultimately after. Now, today, we would separate out quite a bit the difference between astronomy and astrology. Astronomy being, hey, looking up at the stars, seeing things in the sky, seeing the rotations and movements, that's astronomy. That's studying the stars, looking at them, um, being able to use them for navigation. That's astronomy. Astrology, on the other hand, is looking up at the stars and, ooh, what do you see? And then you get stuff like, like daily horoscopes and, you know, I think just stuff to fill a newspaper with. In the ancient world, there wasn't always as much of a division between astronomy and astrology, looking up at the stars and seeing them and also thinking, ah, in some way, God is, the gods are communicating with us through the stars. And there's some stuff in scripture that kind of condemns that way of looking at the stars. Not looking up at the stars and marveling at them, we are encouraged to delight in God's creation. And I think sometimes it puts us in perspective. When we think about our lives and what we're carrying, we look up at the stars and we feel that undiminished yet smaller understanding of ourselves. But stars are kind of warned against of don't look to the stars alone for meaning. Don't forget the one who made them. In Isaiah 47, the prophet Isaiah speaks to the people saying, all the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers, your star studiers, come forward. Those stargazers who make predictions month by month, let them save you from what is coming upon you. Isaiah is a little bit sarcastic. He continues saying, surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They, the astrologers and stargazers, cannot save themselves from the power of the flame. These are not coals for warmth. This is not a fire to sit by. That is, all they, that is all they are to you. These you have dealt with and labored with since childhood. All of them go on in their error, and there is not one that can save you. We hear within Isaiah a warning of, don't think that the stars rule your destiny. Don't take the advice of astrologers who say, ah, I see that uh, Jupiter and Mercury have moved a little bit which means today is a great day to you know, make this investment or ooh, stay home today because Saturn's acting a little bit funny. Isaiah mocks this kind of worldview. And Jeremiah actually goes on to forbid this kind of looking at the stars. And so the Israelites, God's people throughout time, have had the same fascination and captivation with looking at the stars, reminding ourselves how small we are and how great the heavens are, and yet with the warning of hey, 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 don't get too caught up in the stars. Don't think that God is sending like a deciphered message to you through the stars. Be careful in which ways you marvel and wonder and what meaning you make when you look at the stars. And yet, these stars, these symbols, though incomplete, are something that the Magi from the East were paying a great deal of attention to. 
something that captivated them. And in the east, this is almost certainly from Babylon, where God's people were taken when they were brought into exile, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, when those folks were over in exile in Babylon, that's the people that they were among. They were among the stargazers and astrologers, those who would say, yeah, our destinies are kind of determined by the stars and the gods that we worship. They arrange the stars in certain ways to tell us things. And this is some of the condemnation that, that God gives of making that kind of meaning from stars. And yet, here we have from the east, these magi. And what are they following but a star? How is that different from some of the other condemnations that God gave of making too much meaning of the stars? Well, the big distinction here is that I think these wise men from the east, these travelers, these travelers would, agree, would agree with Isaiah that the stars can't save us, that there's got to be something bigger and better beyond the stars. And why do we understand that they came from the same place that Daniel came from? Because of the way that Scripture talks about both things in both places, Old and New Testament. In the book of Daniel, we're told in chapter 1, verse 20, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, meaning these Israelites who were his captives, who he could draw from, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. The next chapter, so the king summoned the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. And they came in and stood before the king. In Babylon, there's magicians, ooh, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. And there are, just a few verses later, the mention of no wise men or enchanter could give an explanation to the mystery that the king was asking about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, says Daniel. The Babylonians worshipped the stars. They looked to them, and yet, in the days of Daniel, in the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was found that those who studied the stars would come up short every single time. Their advice, their direction would be incomplete. And yet Daniel and his companions, through the wisdom of God, could always explain the mysteries of the king, not by looking at the stars, but by looking to the one who created the stars. And there was a group in that time that was influenced by Daniel and the others who were in exile. And though they continued to watch the stars, though they continued to be good at astronomy, paying attention to where different stars are, they are also those who for a few thousand years are going to watch for the signs because they understand that there is someone who can save them, knowing that the stars cannot. Friends, I don't think very many of us put much stock in what the stars say and what we're going to do today or tomorrow, but we have our own versions of astrology, our own maybe silly things that we make meaning of for decisions. And that's where the star, the star that leads these magi, these, these wise men from the east towards Christ, have the same kind of corrective, corrective that we ought to also have. Look towards what God is leading you to, not towards the star as an end in itself. Stars will fascinate us, and yet they need to fascinate us most with the one who created them.
And so ultimately, these wise men, probably people who were influenced by Daniel, people who knew that their way of thinking, their way of understanding the world was incomplete and that there needed to be something better. It was magi from the east coming to Jerusalem and asking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Now, these come from a powerful country. They don't need a different king. They've got their own. And yet this star, if this is something that was true, that was handed down from generation to generation to generation, it mattered that they would make this journey to find the one who was born king of the Jews. And in Matthew's gospel, we're given a particularly important hint because the Magi in chapter 2 are looking for the one who is born king of the Jews. And that phrase will be attached to Jesus one more time in Matthew 27, 37, because that's the sign that was placed above Christ's head on the cross. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. In Matthew 2, the Magi from the east are looking for the king of the Jews. In Matthew 27, our crucified Lord is labeled king of the Jews, more in mockery than sincerity. And yet they followed the star. These foreigners were faithful, and they followed the star, an incomplete sign towards a more complete and perfect understanding of how they might be saved. And they are convinced and convicted to make this journey, to make sure that they follow through and find this one who was born king of the Jews, and that they give him expensive gifts, and that they worship him, that they worship him on the spot because they know who it is that they have found. All of this comes from a star, a star that they knew was behaving differently, had appeared, and was bringing them somewhere to someone that was more significant and more important than themselves. Stars aren't necessarily the thing that lead us and guide us but the one whose hand is upon the stars does. And friends, when I look at the stars, and I encourage you this week to look up at the stars as well, to think how small I am, how large they are, and yet to know that the same God who created the stars, larger than our planet, also knows every genetic code in your DNA. The same God who put our solar system in place knows that within the nucleus of every cell that you have, every combination of adenine, thionine, guanine, and cytosine of our genetics, this same God loves us. And when the stars were created, they were called good, and we were called very good. And so, friends, this week, hopefully there's a clear night where you can look up at the stars, and may they bring you some measure of peace, not as an end in themselves, but as that imperfect sign that leads us to perfect peace in Christ and in Christ alone. Marvel at God's creation in the stars and let it make you feel small, but not diminished. Small, but not diminished. May the problems that we have and that which we carry be put in perspective as we look up at those amazing stars but may they point us towards the one who made them. The Magi from the East knew that they weren't worshiping the stars, that they were following the creator of the stars. When we look up at the stars, it should bring us some measure of perspective, 
And in this Advent season, our prayer is that our perspective may be one of peace, peace that surpasses all understanding and goes deep into our hearts. That as big as our troubles might seem, we look up at the stars and we find some peace and perspective. But also the stars are an intentional sign of peace for all the nations. Because in Matthew's gospel, here already in chapter 2, it's not just the Israelites who are getting signs of peace and hope. It is for all nations. God is already unfolding the next phase of his master plan of salvation to bring all people to Christ, to fulfill what he had given to Abraham when he told Abraham, look up at the stars, so numerous your descendants shall be, and I will bless all peoples through you. This is the next phase of God's plan that he is bringing these foreigners from the east to Jesus, to see Christ as the fulfillment of promise, to see him as salvation. It's not just peace for the Israelites. It's not just peace for one person to have in their hearts. The fun thing about stars is that there's stars over every nation, over every people, over every tribe and language and nation and tongue. So the stars are a sign of peace for us if we just take the time to look at them. But the stars also remind us that the peace that we have in Christ isn't reserved or exclusive for us. But the star was meant to guide those from other nations to Jesus. And as they go a different route back, for them to return with the good news of Christ, that the Savior has been born, that this King of the Jews, more important than Herod, has been found. Friends, may the stars give you wonder. And may we marvel just a little bit at how this strange star behaves ever so strangely as a sign from God to lead imperfect people to a perfect Savior. And may the same be true of us. May our imperfections, our faults, our errors, our incomplete works always be leading us towards a deeper understanding of our perfect and complete and loving Savior, Jesus Christ. So as you hear the story throughout every year, it's a story about the Magi and the faithful foreigners. It's a story about God gathering God's people from every nation to Christ. It is a story about an amazing star that seemed to have some supernatural behavior behind it. And ultimately, the peace that we seek in Christ. It's all about Jesus. The star was just the road sign along the way. Let's pray. God, we pray that you give us the right road signs along the way. Lord, not that we look up looking for signs, not that we look up our horoscopes or anything like that, but that we look to your word, that we spend time in prayer with you and ask you for peace, and that you may give us the imperfect signs along the way towards your greater and more perfect peace. May we remember our place in your creation. May we look up and remember that we are small but not insignificant. May your peace be peace for the whole world, for all nations and all people, from the Israelites to the Babylonians and to us today. And may we remember that your peace is meant to rule first in our hearts, to be shared with our neighbors, and ultimately your plans of peace are for the whole world. And Lord, we remember that you 
first called by the Magi, the King of the Jews, and called that again at your crucifixion. Yet we remember that you are King of all creation, and that you who put the stars in place light years away also know every hair on our heads that cannot fall without your knowing. May you be our peace, and may your signs along the way remind us and bring us to marvel, bring us to celebrate, and bring us to cherish the peace that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.